So I'm excited that you're here because we are in this series called Building Strong Families. Because the idea is that strong families are possible, but they're probably not very probable if you're going to follow the world's way. And so we have to actually be intentional about building strong families. So for a lot of us, we're really not infected by a God kind of thinking. We're infected by a world kind of thinking about our families and about relationships. And that's why relationships at every level, whether it be you know, with your spouse or with your, with your children, with your parents, most of us, most of us are struggling with that. And so we're trying to do something about that. And the way that we have to do that is we have to be intentional. Now, this is the verse that we're using as a theme verse. It's Romans chapter 12, and it says, do not copy the behavior or the customs of the world. And if there's any area that you shouldn't, it's in the area of relationships and family because it's very warped and ungodly, and it will destroy your life. Instead, we need to let God, and and this is what we need to do, we need to let God transform us. And that's the good news. God never asks you to do something. What he does, he changes you on the inside, and then he gives you the ability to do it from the inside out. See, religion says, here's the rules, just work, work, work. But God says, no, I will come in, and I will first express these principles to you, and then I'll give you the power in you so that you can be able to do it with others as well. And so that's what I have to do as your pastor. I have to, I have to help you think differently. I can't change your life. I can just maybe lead you to that well of water, so to speak, and help you change your thinking process. And then God does the transforming work in our lives and in our families then. You could say it this way, that you will have what God intended in your family, you know, in your marriage, in your, your parenting, in your relationship with your parents. You know, God has a will for you and it is good, pleasing, and perfect. It's what the Bible says. You might say that's a pie in the sky for my family, but God says, no, you can have a marriage that is pleasing and perfect, that you can have children that are pleasing to God. So today, we're going to talk about something that I'm very, very passionate about and concerned about within families, and that is our words. And I think one of the reasons why a lot of us maybe aren't saying the things that we should be and we know we're not is, again, because of culture. Because the world's way is so warped, it is absolutely outrageous right now how vile and vulgar and vicious the world is has become with language toward each other. And it's, it's, I'm telling you, it's not okay, and it's especially not okay in our homes. And you remember that we are transformed first by changing the way that we think, so I, it's my job to help you know, with that. And so we've got to also help understand communication a little bit. Now, I didn't come up with these. These are some human behavior studies, but there are four le- levels of communication. The first is simply what they call surface communication. So this is just simply cliches like, hey, how you doing? I'm good. How about you? You know, where we don't really intend to have conversation. In fact, sometimes we just nod at each other, you know, it's a nice day. And, we, and then we go on. And a lot of communication is happening at this surface level. And we've got so used to throwing things out there that, you know, we're not really communicating very well even at the surface level. So the second level goes a little bit deeper, and that's just what we call general information. So some of you, your homes, your marriages, this is where you're at. You're just passing off information. 
hey, Johnny's got a test today, make sure he studies, or I'm going to be home a little late, you know, I'm going to work out today after work, and we're just passing off information. But we're really not going any deeper than that. You see, and, it, and our com- conversation and communication has to go to a deeper level. Now, the third level is deep feelings, because people have feelings. And here's what I've learned about feelings, that feelings are not always right, but they are always real. And so a lot of times you can have feelings, and even the person with the feelings, they can know that those feelings aren't right, but we still, we still have them. And for a lot of us, we don't have a safe place to express the feelings that we have, because maybe we're going to get correction from them. And oh, by the way, next week we're going to talk about conflict, how to have intentional conflict. You know, I wish we could avoid it, but we can't. But we can do it God's way, and the Bible has a lot to say about it. It's going to be one of the most powerful messages that you'll, that you'll ever hear to help us understand how to have the right kind of conflict within our families. But with conflict, one of the best things you can do instead of blaming somebody, you always, you never, but instead say, now when this happens, it makes me feel this way or that. And so nobody can say anything like that. You can question the facts, but you can't question my feelings. And so we need to get to a place where we create safe places for feelings to be expressed. And here's the ultimate, and, and most, unfortunately, most marriages never get to an effective place of sharing, and this is the boring, deep needs. You know, let me tell you what I need. And some of the greatest marriages, and this could be applied in any relationships, parenting or workplace, but let me speak to marriages for a minute. The best marriages is where you have an understanding of your spouse's deepest needs. And the best marriages are where you're serving my needs, I'm serving your needs, and it is a beautiful, beautiful thing. And it's actually very possible if we use communication and understand words. Now, there are some barriers uh, that researchers have done 20 years of research to really come up with the four barriers of communication. In fact, they say this is the number one cause of divorce, these barriers, and number one is called withdrawal. Most, uh, the tendency of this situation is just, let's shut it all down, that's it, last word, we're not saying anything else, you just stop the communication because you're so frustrated with the process, or you just simply withdraw. So you do the old silent treatment. I love the story about a couple that were doing the silent treatment on each other, and you never want to lose the silent treatment. So the next morning, he had to get a flight out, had to leave the house at 5 a.m., and he didn't want to lose the silent treatment game. So he wrote a little note. He put it where she would brush her teeth, and it said, you know, hey, I need you to get me up at 5 a.m. He didn't want to say it because he was playing the silent treatment game. So he wrote a note. Next morning, he got up at 9 a.m., had missed his flight. He looked up on his nightstand, and it said, wake up, it's 5 a.m., And, you know, look, guys, we are not equipped for such battles. (laughs) It's true. So the second level is what we call escalation. Now, this is where tempers are flaring and we're speaking loudly, which, by the way, it doesn't work. I mean, even if you get your way, if the heart doesn't receive it, you still lose. You've driven a wedge. And so this is why escalation doesn't work. In fact, they've done studies, and research says that when a man's heart rate gets, heart rate gets above 100 beats a minute, he loses all ability to have any rational thought. And so, you know, we just might as well move on because it's not going to work. Escalation, getting loud. And then it gets to this very dangerous level where your words get involved to hurt the other person, and they call it belittling. That's the third one. 
And so at this point, you know, I've already lowered my, myself by being in this crazy fight to begin with, but, but, you know, I don't want to raise it to another, raise myself to another level, so now I'm going to push you down so I can be on top. And by the way, this is really an insecurity issue. I'm insecure, so I can't raise myself, so I'm going to put you down below me. And that is why people are so crazy critical. I mean, right now, it's out of control in our country. It's out of control in social media. It's absolutely crazy right now. Just in the comment sections are ridiculous. Let's just not be a part of that. You know, we have to be intentional about our lives. We don't want to belittle other people. So now the fourth one is very dangerous because it actually becomes demonic. Now, I don't want to overstate that, but this really, really is demonic because your words can become demonic, meaning the devil has actually become involved in the process when it turns into false belief. See, the Bible says that the devil is a liar and the father of all lies. So the way that the devil tries to destroy you is to create lies. And it doesn't take the proper way of communication. What it gets to this place where you're creating things that didn't even happen, and now they become reality to you, I mean, in your mind, only to destroy the marriage or the family or the relationship all the more. So what do we do about all this? You see, Jesus was not silent, nor the Bible silent. In fact, there are tons of verses in the Proverbs about the the power of the tongues. Matthew 12, 36 says this, every one of us are going to give an account to God on judgment day for every idle word that we've spoken. My, my word, that, that's pretty strong. I mean, are you serious, Micah? I'm going to get to heaven and there is a recording of every careless thing that I said? Well, that's what it says, unless you have the power of the cross in your life and you let him forgive you. That wonderful eraser that it is the blood of Jesus, just to take that away. If, if you don't have that, then yes, absolutely. And what was Jesus doing? What he was doing here is trying to add weight to this topic. I'm gonna, I wanna show it to you in the message uh, Bible. He says, I wanna tell you something. Every one of these careless words is going to come back to haunt you. Now, Stop right there. That means that every time you speak, it is like a seed that goes into the ground and it starts to germinate and it will produce fruit. All throughout scripture, it talks about this, that there will be a time, and this is capitalized, you know, that this is an actual day, a day of capital R reckoning or judgment. Well, you'll have to give an account for those. And then it goes on and it says, words are powerful. And again, you know, if I have one job today, it is for you to realize how powerful your words actually are, especially in your family. So take them seriously. And then it says that it could be your salvation or your damnation. And so, you're, look, you're looking at a guy who is the product of words spoken over me. I'm looking at you, and you are the product of the words that were spoken over you. We are the sum total of the wor those words. Now, I know I am super blessed. I'm blessed because every day of my life, my parents told me that they loved me, they believed in me, they've been my biggest fans in ministry, you know, since I started over 25 years ago. I mean, I get a text from my dad or my dad comes up and tells me every Sunday, he said this last Sunday is that this is, you know, this is the best message you ever preached. Well, thank God for dad and that encouragement. Both my mom and my dad encourage me and believe me and I believe in me and I am a product of that. And a lot of you maybe you're thinking about, about back through your life and going, that's not fair because I didn't have that. But I want to tell you that God can heal you. 
And at the very least, we could be those people that everybody around us, we're going to speak life into them. We're going to break that cycle. And in the very third verse of the in the Bible, God took the situation that was formless and void. Darkness covered the earth. And he opened his mouth and he said, let there be light. And with his words, he created the world around him. And with your world, and with your words, you create the world around you. You know, I'm just trying to bring gravity to this so that you understand how important it is. So instead of focusing on the negative side of this, what I've learned is that one of the best ways to train people is instead of telling them what they can't do, tell them what they can do instead. And a lot of times we can fix our bad habits and our bad mouths with a new habit of what we are going to do. And I want to help you with that today. In fact, I found this great quote from George Bernard Shaw, and it says, the single biggest problem in communication is the illusion that it's already taken place. You see, we think, you know, oh, well, it doesn't really matter. I've already, you know, I've already said it once or whatever. It matters. And there's a, there is a word I want to bring to you, and that is intentional. It matters. You have to be intentional about the words that you speak in your family. You know, it's like, you know, you don't really have to focus on doing the, stopping doing the bad stuff, saying the bad things, if you focus on saying the good things. It's amazing how much it fixes it. So I'm going to go a little bit deeper into the different types of communication that we can all use that is way more intentional. And so here's the first one, and that is praise. Praise. So we are going to praise people, not, not in the same way that we praise God. You know, only he uh, by himself is, a, is worthy of that. But I'm going to find your qualities, and I'm going to highlight those. I am going to fix my mouth you know, to let me tell you what I see in you, the good that I see in you. And then we're going to say it to the people around us. Proverbs 25, 11 says, A word aptly spoken is like apples of gold and settings of silver. Now watch this. It's like a silver bowl with a, gall- with a silver, I mean, with a gold apple in it. So, so it is beautiful, but it's also valuable. I mean, think about it. Adding value to people. Look, get involved with their children. I mean, their children's ministry, nursery, preschool, kids' church. You know what? I'm not talking about setting up chairs or wiping noses only. I'm talking about I want you to grab these children. You could look them in the eye and start working word to them, apples of gold in in settings of silver, adding value to them in every way. I need more of us doing this, believing in our children because God knows what they're hearing in school or online. You know, I know your parents are saying great words over them, but maybe they're getting so much junk from the world around them. And if we could be there in that little huddle in kids' church, you know, half of their church is what their kids' church is what we do in our service, and then the other half is their meetup. We do it, we do it all in the same day with children. But could you imagine sitting in a circle with a bunch of third grade boys or first grade girls and just begin to listen to their deepest feelings and their deepest needs? that maybe have never been expressed. And you could just look them in the eye and just tell them, I believe in you. There's a champion in you. You are going to do great and mighty things. We could just prophesy to them, speak life to them, and let them leave there with the chest puffed out, knowing that God, but not only God, but their church believes in them. And so, by the way, if you're looking for a spot to get involved, that's a great place to do that. And so the second way that we're going to change our language is that we could be more thanks, more thankful. Be grateful. I'm telling you, try to say this word more. Thank you. Try to say it at least 10 times today and watch 
the world around you change. When Josiah was growing up, you know, he would take his lunch to school. And Melissa, you know, I, Melissa came up with this, and uh, what we would do is we would put lunch, we would put notes in his lunchbox, just telling him how much that we loved him, you know, that we believed in him, that he was a leader and not a follower. And I promise you that it never hurt his feelings to go to school and pull that out and hear, "Wow, you're awesome." And maybe your kids don't always act awesome, but you got to speak those things that are not as though they are because you can create your world. Proverbs 18 says the, the power of, of your words have life and death and those that love it eat its fruit. And then watch this next fruit. It says, not by accident, it's not there. It says, he who finds a wife finds what's good. It's like, Melissa, can I just tell you what's good about you? You know, maybe you tell your wife that and she passes out and you can pick her back up and just finish the conversation. It's amazing to me how little effort is involved in just saying thank you. So here's the third one, and we are going to openly express affection. Now, a lot of people have gotten to a place where they can't even say the words, and, and they think they're protecting each other. Well, I can't tell anybody that I love them because it'll hurt me. No, you're just hurting yourself when you do that. Affection, terms of endearment, you know, saying things that are affectionate to your family is absolutely critical in family relationships. And I'll tell you, a lot of us need to get to a place where our hearts are healed and we're able to actually share these terms of endearment. Why is that? Because God does. In Jeremiah, God says, I love you with an everlasting love. Now, I want to look, if I could, I would love to look into your eyes, but I just want to look through into your living rooms and your computers and say to this, believe it or not, there are few people in this, in this world that think about you more than Melissa and I do. And we care about you with absolutely everything that's within us. We think you're the best church on the planet. And I mean it, you're the most generous, loving, serving you you are an example to many, and Melissa and I could not love you any more than we do right now. Thank you so much for being the best church on the planet. Okay, so here's the fourth, and that's encouragement. That means find somebody that's in, maybe discouraged and encourage them. I mean, just turn it around and encourage them. Ephesians 4.29 says, Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but instead that which is helpful for, and watch this, for building others up. Did you know that everything that comes out of your mouth either builds somebody up or tears them down? There are no neutral words. I mean, look for the opportunity to build them up according to their needs so that it might benefit the listener. It's what it says. Don't let your kids be like regular kids. Tell them, hey, be a champion. You're a leader, not a follower. Every day you have the power to change your world. Try it. You can create a world around you that you want to live in. And then the next one is kindness. You know, simply this simply means I'm going to create an environment that's harmless, that, that, that your family are safe when they're around you. You know, you're not going to let any vile stuff out of your mouth. Now look, I've had to repent to my wife, my son, in the heat of moments. I've said things that I wish I had not. I've also gone back to them. Look, it's not enough to say you're sorry. The question is, what do you need to do to make it up to them to create a safe environment where nothing ugly comes out of our mouths? We gotta fix that. Proverbs 15 says the gentle answer turns away wrath, but harsh words just increase mayhem in your life, right? Just because you get loud and get your way doesn't necessarily mean that you win. I mean, I've done it too. 
but we've got to ask God to change us, to make us intentional. And then the next one is that we're going to speak the truth, yes, but in love. Well, Micah, it just sounds like you're gooey gooey all the time. You know, I, sometimes you got to tell people the truth, yes, but you do it in love. And the Bible says when you speak the truth, you find a way to say it that is in love. See, it's okay to say what's wrong. It's just not okay to force what's wrong. So I'm going to say it not in a way that I'm going to intimidate you. I'm going to say it in a way that loves them. I can't change people. That's a Holy Spirit thing. And watch this. Ephesians says we speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ. It, it, in John, John said about Jesus that he was full of truth. See, the Bible doesn't pull any punches. Jesus didn't do it either. But it also says he was full of grace as well. It was truth and grace. And that's what we have to aspire to be like as well. You know, we've got to say it in a way that they want to do it, not that they're intimidated to do it. The truth in love, the truth in grace. Truth without grace is just mean. And grace without truth is meaning less. So I'm not just saying no, just everything's okay. I know you burned down the house, but daddy loves you. No, it's not, it's not that. It's okay to correct and you need to do that. But when you mix truth with grace, it is medicine to their soul. And that's what we want. And so if you do this this week, if you will create a world that you want to live in, a family that you want to live in, you can do it with your words. So just imagine, what would your family be like if these were the words, if this was the atmosphere, the intentional atmosphere that we created within our family, your immediate family, your extended family. And it's not just up to the parents, but the teens and the students as well. I mean, even with your siblings, yes, I'm asking you to have truth and love with your, and grace with your siblings. And so what would it be like if we could have a strong family? And then if we're living in strong families, not that they're perfect, but that we are building strong families, what would it be like to in turn reach out and help other struggle, struggling families in our communities, in our life? If we had a healthy atmosphere within our family, I'm telling you that that is God's vision for this church and that's God's vision for your family, that your family has a purpose, that you could be a light to the families that are around you. It's true. So let's go ahead and pray together. Father, I just, right now I feel like maybe God, that you need to heal some hearts, that there are some people that need some hearts healed, and maybe there's been some wounding words and some different things. And I pray, God, that right now you would, that you would just do a healing work for every person that has been devastated by maybe their moms or their dads or siblings or spouses, parents. Father, I just thank you that you would begin healing in their hearts. And I thank you that, uh, that as they hear this, that they're hearing words of life and love. And I just ask you to encourage them and, and equip them and strengthen them today. And also, also for all of us, those of us that have said words that we wish we could take back, I ask you to forgive us. But also we know that that doesn't take away the pain in other people's lives that that's caused. So we just ask you to make room in their hearts as we apologize to them. We all take responsibility for our mouths and we ask you to help make room in their hearts to forgive us. God, we are going to speak words of, of encouragement, of life and truth and love. And God, I just pray this week that you would use us to build each other up, 
not living like the world has chosen to live, but being intentional about having strong families. Father, I thank you for opening up our hearts to your word that we are hearers. But I also thank you that we are not just hearers, but we would walk out of here, you know, and not just think, wow, that was moving, but yet we would be doers of your word. So where apologies need to be made, apologies are made. Where corrections need to be made, corrections are made within our lives. Where healing needs to take place, we allow that. And we thank you that we are doers of your word as well. In Jesus' name, we love you so very much. Amen.